Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Shit Show. Kia ora everyone. Present Lucy popping in here for just a second to say that this is obviously a repeat of our third ever episode that we recorded all about mental health, but we thought that it was pretty fitting considering it's Mental Health Week here in New Zealand. While the audio can be a bit here or there in places on this episode, the sentiment still does stand. I do just want to preface this whole thing with the fact that we're not experts, we just like having a yarn about mental health. Hopefully some of this resonates with you. If you need further help, Help head to our feeling shit page on shityoushouldcareabout.com for further resources. Enjoy. Welcome to the world of the media. We've got a really important episode for you guys this week. Um, our main topic is mental health during lockdown. So just a wee trigger warning before we start, we will be discussing the ins and outs of feeling good, feeling shit, and everything in between. So if you're in the right mindset to talk about this, then stick around. But if you're not, then we totally understand. We'll hopefully be able to give you some help and validation along the way. So here's the story, folks. Unlike a lot of people, Luce and I really like talking about mental health. It definitely wasn't always this way, but after a few head-on collisions with the subject matter, we decided to make friends with it. Since the lockdown, mental health is pretty much always near the top subject for our FaceTime calls, and for this we are pretty bloody lucky. So we thought if it was something we were interested in thinking about and talking to each other about, we thought that maybe you guys would like to talk about it too. So first things first, I thought that I'd highlight the fact that we are all feeling fucking shitty sometimes, and this is for a reason. We are literally in the middle of a global pandemic. We are shut indoors 24-7, maybe if you're lucky enough to go out and exercise, but that's pretty much it. So don't be disparaging about the fact that you may have had a relapse in a pre-existing condition or be feeling stuff going on in your brain and even your body that you may have never felt before in your life. This world is under an extreme amount of stress in the wake of the pandemic, and so are you. So there is absolutely no wonder people everywhere are struggling. So the World Economic Forum has labelled the current lockdown of an estimated 2.6 billion people, that's like a third of the world's population, as arguably the world's largest psychological experiment ever conducted. So it is extremely unsurprising that while we are all quarantined, we are likely to develop a range of symptoms associated with psychological distress, such as low mood, problems with sleeping, such as insomnia or hypersomnia, which is when you sleep a bit too much, anxiety, emotional exhaustion, irritability, etc., etc. The list goes on. The stats are showing that throughout this lockdown, people's mental health is unfortunately deteriorating. 
The KFF, which is the Kaiser Family Foundation, who provide information on key health policy issues, released a report saying that over 45% of people, I think this was done in the States, feel that the coronavirus is having a negative impact on their mental health. So this was in early April. In mid-March, the same question was asked and it was only at 32%. So this is a 12% jump in literally about two weeks showing that 12% more people are saying that their mental health is being negatively impacted by the coronavirus, which gives an indication of how lockdown is impacting the wider population. And is it bad that I feel like a 12% jump, which is huge, isn't even as big as the probable number is? Like it feels like everyone is fucking struggling and fair enough as well. More than 45% of people will be struggling. I think these kind of surveys are usually an underestimation because a lot of people don't like to say that they're struggling even to themselves, let alone someone doing, you know, a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. So always take that with a grain of salt. Of course. I was looking up why your mental health might decrease. Like what situations occur for your mental health to get worse? And pretty much everything that I read we are experiencing right now so we've got social isolation or loneliness this is self-explanatory we are literally in isolation right now we've got economic stress so a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people are living off the government's money a lot of people don't know where their next paycheck is coming from you know life has been turned upside down economically which can really deteriorate your mental health because that is your life stability Severe or long-term stress. So we are literally experiencing chronic stress right now. We are experiencing a long-term... Unknown. Yeah, unknown, exactly. And with unknown comes stress because you're trying to figure something out that no one has got figured out yet. We don't know. There's no rule book for this shit. You know, we're making it up as we go along and that's obviously going to cause us stress. Um, Having a long-term physical health condition. So... If you're sick, coronavirus makes you sick. Therefore, you're going to be stressed either about having coronavirus um, because a lot of the world's population do it at the moment and that is terrifying or the thought of getting coronavirus, which is just as terrifying in itself. Um, Homelessness or poor housing. So, you know, a lot of people right now are maybe in a place that they don't feel comfortable in, whether that be living in a hostel, living in a... Living on their own. Living on their own, living with people that they've never spent this amount of time with before, you know, a new flatting situation. Living with an abuser. Exactly, living with your parents that you don't have a great, you know, relationship with. The list goes on. Another thing that can create a mental health relapse or deterioration is drug and alcohol misuse which I even know I've been drinking quite a bit more than I usually would pretty much just out of boredom I think you know and I'm not a huge drinker so I can't even imagine people that maybe have had alcohol or drug issues in the past they're spending way too much time being able to think about these addictions and potentially give in to them Domestic violence, as we talked about before, is a huge one. It can really, well, obviously, terribly deteriorate your mental health. 
Well, if you're living constantly in fear, not just of the virus itself, but of the people around you, then you're never going to feel safe. And so that's so understandable. So most of these things is the fact that we don't feel safe. And this is what triggers bad mental health or a mental illness relapse. I also think just pointing out that sometimes you can't pinpoint the reason that your mental health is deteriorating and that is okay as well. Sometimes a lot of your anxiety comes from the fact that you can't figure out why you're feeling so shit, you just are. And I can put my hand up and say that a lot of the time when I'm feeling shit, I can't pinpoint it or at least I can't pinpoint it until I am in the state of mind where I can go back and self-reflect or talk to someone like Liv or some of our other friends that are going to help you look at the way you were living or what was happening in your life and help you pinpoint it. So don't be hard on yourself if you don't know what's triggering you right now because there is no rule book like Liv said. Believe it or not, I watch my words very carefully. Okay, so now that Liv has talked about why we might be feeling so shit right now, um, I want to talk about how you guys are actually feeling. So I thought that if we were going to talk about mental health on the podcast, I wanted to know how you guys were actually holding up throughout all of this to make sure that this chat was going to be authentic and actually useful for all of us. So naturally, I took to Instagram to have a wee mental health check-in with you guys. And the first question I asked was, are you struggling with your mental health? Now the results for this were that, yes, 65% of you are struggling with your mental health during this lockdown. So obviously, we need to address it. So then I asked, what part are you struggling with the most? And then finally, what is making you feel better? Because I think it's important that if you are struggling, you're still trying to identify ways that can make you feel better. And even by responding to our Instagram post and having that question prompted to you, it might make you think, okay, how can I try and make myself feel better? Um, So we got thousands and thousands of responses to these questions that I was asking And it felt like you guys really did want to talk about your mental health with us. And that's honestly fair enough because there's no better way to rationalize an emotion than to talk about it. For some part, reading all of your responses made me really sad because so many of us are struggling right now and feel I feel so helpless sitting on the other side of a screen and reading about how you guys were handling all of this. And I know, Liv, you felt the same as well. You just feel really, we feel like we are connected to you guys. Yeah, and we can't just be there to give you a hug or help make everything better. But I think we'll do what we can with this podcast and kind of try and have, like I said earlier, a bit of a group therapy session where we all talk about it. And um, hopefully we can take the information that you guys gave us and do some justice. There are those that think I'm a very stable genius. So since we can't read out all of your responses, me and Liv sat down and came up with five areas that best described all of our struggles at the moment. And we want to flesh them out and, like Liv said earlier, um, validate them and how you're feeling. So the first thing that came up a lot when we asked you guys what you were struggling with was control. For a lot of us, myself included, the lack of control that we feel at the moment 
over the situation, over ourselves, and over the future is contributing to a pretty shitty headspace. So I love to have control over things. I love to know what's happening next in my life, what my next goals are. You know, I love to just know what's up and how I'm going to get there. But in this state of lockdown, I have tried to kind of tell myself, like, Lucy, you have no control over the situation, so don't let it control you. Um, something I really do try to remind myself, and I'd love for you guys to remind yourself this too, is that no one, not even that stupid voice in your head, is expecting anything of you during this time. We're literally, like Liv said before, in the middle of a global pandemic, and there is no rule book. I think that to get through this healthily, we really just need to listen to how we feel. And I'm probably going to say this a million more times during this podcast, but just not forcing ourselves to do anything and letting go of a bit of that control. I think that this can be really hard because we're seeing so much content available to keep us occupied at the moment. And that is fucking great if you're looking for a new hobby or if you have the mental space to take on new things. But just remember that the only thing that you have control over is you and how you react to things. So just because your favorite influencer is doing a high intensity workout at 7am each morning doesn't mean that you have to ditch the 10am stroll that you really felt like doing. Or just because Facebook is targeting ads at you about a $35 online course that was once $2,000 doesn't mean you have to put down the book that you've been wanting to read for six months and sign up. Just do what you feel like doing and try to release that pressure that's being put on you by that tenant in your brain that is telling you to take control or make the most of this thing. Something that this feeling of having to have control or not having enough control affects hugely is eating. And this is the second thing that we saw that a lot of you were really struggling with. In this lockdown period, eating can be people's worst enemy. I think as I said in the previous episode, I'm living with all guys at the moment, which is so much fun. But what I've really, really realized is that they don't have the same relationship issues with food or majority of guys don't have the same relationship issues with food that girls do going from living in an all girls flat to an all guys flat really highlighted this for me they literally eat whatever the fuck they want and they don't think about it they don't feel guilty about it the no guilt thing is huge because I've always grown up with brothers as well and they've just eaten whatever they want and probably not thought about it as much as I thought about it growing up and yeah living in our flat with all six girls, it was constantly a conversation we would have, like, how healthy have you been today? Things like that. Exactly. Whereas, like, food's just fuel for them. It's fuel, it's yum. That's about all there is to the conversation. Whereas with girls, it's such a complex conversation. Um, This is, I am generalizing here. I'm not suggesting that all boys don't have issues with eating because I'm sure that there are a lot of boys that do struggle with eating as well. Um, But just from my experience, this is what I have. Exactly. I think what you touched on saying that food is fuel for boys or that's how a lot of them treat it. And again, not all boys and not all girls as well struggle with their relationship. But 
I it makes me really fucking angry that eating is a basic human necessity that we as a society have been told or we've transformed. I'm not saying we're excluded from the formation of this fucked up phenomena, but we've transformed it into something to like to fear or to hide from or like to battle with. To battle with it is it's it's a battle. It's even if you're not battling you're thinking about how you're not battling. And it should be a subconscious thing, like every other human need, like going to the toilet. You don't battle with the idea that you have to pee. You don't think, oh no, I've peed four times today. I can't pee another time. It's like, we're hungry, we should eat. That's literally what our hunger system is for, but we've fucked it up. And that's really going to be perpetuated throughout this lockdown crisis. As you guys have told us, you're all, most of you said that eating was something that you were struggling to balance while you were stuck at home 24-7. I think what we have to understand with eating and eating disorders is that food itself is never the problem. There is always a reason behind why we turn to food or turn away from food in times of stress, whether the stress is internal or external. So for a lot of people, this is to do with control. So control... For some people, the only thing they can actually control in their lives... Or they feel like they can. Yeah, they feel like they can. Exactly, Lewis. They feel like they can. So they might become dependent on this feeling of control when it comes to food. So they're no longer seeing food as nutrients to fuel their body. They're seeing food as this whole other realm of life, basically, of what it is a metaphor for. And then for other people... It's due to body image and the pressure from society to look a certain way, which is really fucking tough. I mean, constantly, every day you scroll through Instagram, you're seeing these perfect bodies, you're seeing, you're comparing, comparing, comparing. And another thing is that we can also look to food as our main form of comfort, um, which causes us to emotionally binge on food. And I feel like this is quite a common thing that's happening right now. We're under stress, we're uncertain, we're going to things that make us feel good and that, you know, could be a huge bowl of pasta, that could be a whole packet of Tim Tams, you know, you sit down, you eat it, you feel better for that split second and then suddenly you have this huge mountain of guilt surrounding the fact that you just did that to yourself, that you just consumed all of those calories or whatever you're quantifying food as. The other side of things as well is that we can actually become obsessive about health and nutrition, especially in a time where our health is at risk. A lot of people try and eat as cleanly as possible, which is, you know, awesome for you if you're doing it in the right way, if you're feeling good about it, if it's what your intuition is telling you. But for some people, and I know at times of my life, I've definitely done this, is that we become to feel intense guilt when we eat something that we deem as bad. Exactly. I think labeling foods or cutting out foods for reasons other than allergies or actual health reasons can be really, really dangerous. I think often, and this is definitely not everyone, and I am not, I'm really trying not to generalize here, but this does happen is that people will go vegan or go gluten-free and dairy-free, not because it's going to 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Help their body to run better, but because they want to tell themselves that that there's whole food groups that they're not allowed to eat and therefore they might eat less or they might only eat healthy. And that's another disordered way of eating. It's restricting. And I think it's really important to make sure that we're understanding that disordered eating isn't just, you know, anorexia and bulimia or binge eating. It manifests itself in so many ways. We need to just, again, be listening to how we're feeling, listening to our intuition, eating when we're hungry or eating things that are going to fuel our body and also eating things that are going to make us feel good like I am loving my easter eggs today and my hot cross buns I love baked goods I love making things from scratch or I'm a shit baker so having people make things from scratch for me shout out to your brother Ben oh shout out to Ben Ben's bickies can't beat him the Blackiston Baker. Blackiston Baker. Just, I just think eating intuitively is something that's so hard to practice but is so important. A hundred percent. I A really, really, really tough thing to get down packed is your relationship with food. You don't have to have a disorder to not have a great relationship with food. I feel like it's all a spectrum. You know, just as we were saying before, Just because you want to eat healthy doesn't mean you have a disorder. It's when you get to the point where you can't eat any single thing with sugar, salt, whatever you deem to be bad. You know, that's when you have to kind of question yourself like, okay, am I doing this for my body or is my brain overreacting? So we wanted to finish off each kind of section with some things that you guys said were really helping you while you were struggling. So, um... Things that can help if you're struggling with control and eating are firstly, just being gentle with yourself, remembering that this is not something that anyone's ever been through and whatever way you're reacting is valid and you do need to be gentle with yourself, but there are also little things that you can do to try and help yourself get to a more positive space. Yeah, for sure. I think also mindful eating is a really good thing to do in this time period because I know myself you know you can get a huge bowl of something and you just like go for it you just shovel it in and then you think oh my god I can't even remember eating that and um so it's really important to sit down think about the textures in your mouth think about the taste in your mouth think about where the flavors are hitting your tongue all of this sort of stuff and you'll actually find you become fuller faster because your brain is up to date with what you're putting into your body. I encourage it. I think that I think it's really something. The top thing that people told us that they were struggling with was anxiety, with depression not far behind. So please, please, please know that you are not alone. We had thousands of people saying that this situation was flaring up their pre-existing anxiety conditions or making them the most anxious they'd ever been in their lives. So many people said that. So just know you're not overreacting. 
Anxiety is basically your fear system going into overdrive and it can be triggered by a huge variety of things. Sometimes, as we talked about before, sometimes we know what's triggered our anxiety, but sometimes we have no fucking clue and that's okay. It may take a bit of self-exploration to get to the crux of what is making you anxious. But what I do suggest is try not to bundle up your anxieties and chuck them in the corner of your brain. Because from my own experience, this will make you feel better very temporarily. But your anxieties are going to overtake your brain again at some stage and maybe even come back full force. What we need to do is we need to actually shed light onto our anxiety. If you visualize what's making you anxious or the f- even if you don't know what's making you anxious, that feeling of being anxious, like put it under the spotlight and see it for all its ugliness. And once you've done that, it can no longer scare you nearly as much as it maybe once would have when it was in the dark. Anxiety can make you feel a whole range of different things. For some people, when they wake up in the morning, it feels like someone's standing on their chest. For some people, it feels like they're gripping their back. You can feel out of breath. You can feel dizzy. You can have trouble sleeping. You can have brain fog, no concentration. You can have headaches or tummy aches, which you actually might feel like is like irritable bowel syndrome but it's not it's just the manifestation of you being anxious there are so many different things that I can't even list that could be anxiety if you are feeling weird weird feelings that you can't explain this could be why and let's not forget that at its most basic anxiety can just be overthinking like just your brain in overdrive right now is an overthinker's worst nightmare I feel like here we are just alone with our thoughts nothing's distracting us the news is shit you're stuck at home a deadly virus is plaguing the planet and people are still trying to tell us to stay positive how the fuck are we meant to stay positive when all of this shit is happening and it feels like it's happening to us but I think like that is the thing you don't actually have to stay positive. If we're feeling shit, just letting it in. Like you kind of said before, like pinpointing where the ugliness was in our heads, letting it in. Hey, anxiety. Hey, depression. You're going to be with me today. Like, okay, you can be here for a little bit. And then I'm going to do things that make you feel unwelcome. And we're going to get past this. Just let it in. And then fucking kick it out. I know it's easier said than done. But again, we're going to hopefully give you some tips that might make doing that a bit easier. Even if that is just personifying it. So as I said before, a lot of you said you were struggling with anxiety. And then nearly as many of you said you were struggling with depression. And a lot of you said you were struggling with both. And that is so legit because anxiety and depression can often be comorbid illnesses. Um, It's actually 60% of the time. So being comorbid means that they occur together. So scientifically, they're not actually totally sure why this is. There's one theory is that there's similar pathways in the brain that are being disrupted, um, which are causing symptoms of both anxiety and depression. But if you think about it logically, if you're really fucking anxious and it's making every day super shit, then you're gonna get depressed about it. Or the other way around, if you're really, really depressed, you can get anxious about why you're depressed or when your depression is gonna end, you know? It's 
It's a double-edged sword. Hello, vicious cycle. Yeah, vicious as fuck cycle. And I just want to say that if you're going through this right now, I know it fucking sucks, but one day you will feel better. Like, you've just got to push through. You've just got to ride it out. And as much as we are here saying you just have to ride it out and it sounds like we're just preaching, we have been there, both of us, and honestly... You can do little things to help you ride it out. So I think for me, routine is recovery's best friend. So it might not be for everybody, but but you can't just wave a wand and cure depression or cure anxiety. But what you can do is you can make wee adjustments here and there in your life and then just keep at them. Because when you're in a dark place, right, the last thing you want to do is wake up in the morning, open up the blinds and say hello to the day. Like the world is shit. You feel sad, you revel in the sadness, you welcome the sadness, but all you can do is try. So you can find that two minutes of the day where maybe you aren't replaying everything that's gone wrong in your life over and over and you can latch on to this two minutes and maybe you can find the tiniest, most productive thing you can think, which could be just making your bed and then tomorrow when you wake up and open the curtains you'll think okay I made my bed yesterday and you'll feel like you've accomplished something you can do that for a week and then you know add to it add little things to your routine that are going to make you feel slightly more accomplished each day and just having some sort of routine or little mini wins in your life can really help you and it is hard but you can do it. Yeah, I think the mini wins thing is so true. It's like the Swiss cheese analogy. You know, you just keep eating little holes, little holes, little holes. And one day you realize that the depression has lifted, the anxiety has muted. You know, you've just got to keep the faith that that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, as you said, Luce, you might have two minutes of the day where you feel okay. You feel normal. What I always think to myself is like, okay, if I can feel good or goodish for two minutes of the day, how can I prolong this two minutes? If I can possibly feel good for two minutes, it means that I can feel good for two minutes every two minutes at some stage. Um, Some other things that you guys said that were really helping you with your anxiety or your depression was exercising. And this does not have to be hardcore. This can be just getting in the sun, walking to the end of your garden, breathing in some fresh air and getting back inside. Also, like just acknowledging how you're feeling and really feeling it, which like we touched on earlier, that's really important. Consuming things that feel comforting to you. I think this is a really good recommendation. So I've been, when I'm feeling shit, I sink into Fleabag or Gossip Girl because I love those TV shows and they feel comforting to me. Or pick up your favorite book or listen to your favorite artist. These little things can honestly help a lot. And yeah. Oh, music can just save souls honestly just turn off those lights put on your favorite playlist put on a playlist from 2015 when you had a fucking great summer like do that listen to it the world will feel slightly better um dad i'm trying to record a podcast (laughs) i'm gonna keep that in are you um dad (laughs) sorry guys my dad's just out there drilling or some shit I'm talking about really important shit here. Can you stop the drilling outside my window? (laughs) Don't be rude. 
Okay, so the next thing that we want to talk about that you guys were struggling with a lot was a lack of purpose. So I can relate to this one a hundred percent. I was meant to be moving to London at the end of this month and I was going to get some sort of proper job and start living my dream life and then this happened. So literally here I am, no job, closed borders, stuck at home and no idea what the fuck is going to happen in my future. Now, when I was thinking about purpose and the lack of having one, it made me really think about the productivity debate and the fact that maybe we're all either trying to be so productive because we're trying to find a purpose or not being productive at all because we feel like we don't have a purpose and what's the point. So at the moment, we've been getting a ton of comments on any of our Instagram posts that say you don't have to use this time to be productive arguing that people can't just sit around all day not doing anything. I have two sides to this that I want to get into. Productivity is a buzzword that we are seeing thrown around like never before and I know that men live sad all the time but this again is another fucking double-edged sword. If you sit around all day and go to bed at night feeling like you haven't done anything then you're probably going to feel unaccomplished and unhappy. If you plan to be super productive and don't manage to get through your entire to-do list because, God forbid, you felt like sitting down and watching TV, you'll feel unfulfilled like you should have done more. And if you're too productive, you're going to go to bed completely burnt out. And just what the fuck is the point of coming out the other side of a lockdown burnt out and exhausted? So I think... There is no right or wrong to should I be productive or should I not. But my main bit of advice is don't look for productivity, look for fulfillment. Just like we said earlier, find fulfillment in the little things. Like I haven't thought about it in that way, productivity versus fulfillment. Exactly. By being productive, aren't we looking for fulfillment and completion? That's what we're getting from being productive. Productivity can look like so many different things that will fulfill you. They don't have to look like exerting yourself to learn everything you want to learn and become fluent in Spanish or whatever it is. You can feel productive by reading a book or doing a crossword. Both of these things will leave you feeling fulfilled and they're productive. But then again, if you want to pick up a new language, go for it. Go and do it. If you want to get your business off the ground, Go and do it. Whatever is going to make you feel fulfilled, do it. That is what we need to be looking at rather than being productive for the sake of things. So some things that can help with finding your purpose, as we've reiterated before, but here we go again, routine, structure your day. So on a Sunday night, plan out what you're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So this day is dedicated to this, this day is dedicated to this. If you don't have uni or a job or something to like put your time into, just do anything, like anything can work. Knit a scarf, do a painting, like here are where your hobbies are coming in. Hobbies really do give you a sense of purpose, even if you feel like they're not working towards something bigger. It's still training your brain to then work towards something bigger in the future. Yeah, or feeling like you don't have to work towards something bigger and you can just have a hobby because you want a hobby. Other things like treating the weekend as a weekend and just getting up and getting dressed each day so you feel like, you know, you're ready to face whatever may come at you, even if that is just another day of 
sitting down and writing the poem you've been trying to write for three years. And I'm in the White House and I was lonely. Final category that came up again and again was loneliness. People are feeling lonely because we are alone. It makes perfect sense. So loneliness is pretty self-explanatory. I think a lot of people are really struggling for human connection right now. So the ways that we can go about this is the obvious things, FaceTime a friend, call your family if you're not living with them, you know, talk to people that you haven't talked to in a while. Reminisce. Remember the days when we weren't locked up 24-7. But I just want to pop in here and say that loneliness, especially as an adult, and I'm using ear quotes here because I don't know if we are adults yet, is actually the shittest feeling. And as if it wasn't already a nightmare to try and make friends as an adult, throw in a forced lockdown and it is literally impossible. Being away from the people that you're used to being with, whether it's your family or your flatmates or your local barista, can make us feel seriously isolated. And I feel like before where we were turning down plans because we couldn't be bothered now we're thinking literally get me out of this lockdown and I'll say yes to all the stupid family functions that you want me to go to because I can't wait for some social interaction outside of the people I'm living with right now and I'm sure a bunch of you are feeling the same I'm in love and you're in love we're all in love together so guys I think it's really important that you know that if you are in need of some help outside of just listening to this podcast it is available to you so firstly the government has launched a campaign called getting through together with all right nz which has resources to help you guys through the pandemic you can also free call or text 1737 anytime for support from a trained counselor And there's been a chatbot called Aroha launched by researchers from the University of Auckland, which helps guide you through practical ideas to maintain social connections, stay calm, active and stay well. I'm going to put a link to the chatbot in the show notes along with an extended list of places that you guys can go for help. But um, we also do have a Facebook group called Shit You Should Care About Squad where you guys can come and we can all talk about feelings and shit like that because we really do want to be there for you guys and we think that that will be a nice place for us to all talk about how shit or how good we're feeling at the moment. Liv, I think that's probably the end of the show for us, Dal. Got any final words? Um, well, my final words would be to subscribe to this podcast um oh sneaky plug i know i know i know um feel free to give us some feedback constructive criticism anything just let us know great thanks for listening guys thanks for listening guys are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns